Welcome to the So Far So Rare podcast. This week I'm joined again by Chani Sports. Chani's a huge FIFA YouTuber and he's big into his So Rare as well. Chani, what's happening? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad to be back, mate. Excited <laughs> to talk So Rare. Been a while. It has. It has been a while. A few things have happened. I remember last time we spoke. Um, is your is your father involved in coaching football or something? Yes. You have someone. Yes. Where, who, where does he coach? Or he's uh, at the top of the third division in Turkey right now. So you were was it like second division Turkey you were waiting for, or you were waiting on some sort of second division, and you got. Some I'm of waiting, them. so he goes. I'm hoping he goes into the top <laughs> division as a coach, and then you know I can get that inside info. <laughs> that's it. Because I remember whenever like the second division Bundesliga came, I was thinking that's hitting the post because you're based in Germany, aren't you? Yeah. So yeah, like, there, there? There, there are plenty of decent players in there. Yeah, yeah. I like it. So that, that's good for scouting. Um, but how, how are you getting on? It's the 12th of October today, uh, so the height of FIFA season. How's the yes. content been the last week or two? So the, the content has been mad, obviously getting really good numbers as we normally do at the beginning of the years, which is great to see. Uh, but we had some issues with YouTube. I don't know what it was. It was like across the board, every single FIFA YouTuber was having issues. I think the algorithm didn't necessarily recognize that FIFA 23 is out and didn't necessarily push it the way uh, people expected it. Like all other social medias, it was blowing up when you uploaded content or streamed. But YouTube, for some reason, was like slow. But um, we're slowly getting there and hopefully uh, things will keep going up in, a, in the trajectory and yeah it's been it's been fun I, I like obviously having the new game but like they kind of messed up on the side of things that i make content on which is career mode and uh yeah, yeah it's been a bit annoying having something. to deal with that huh? were there some patch notes this week were there on that yeah i mean there are two massive glaring issues within career mode that kind of make it unplayable right now but um, yeah, they, with this new patch, they've addressed things that no one really complained about and uh, haven't fixed the things that we desperately need to get fixed. So kind of working on that, like talking to community managers and all that, like in the creator network, because I'm like on the inside with EA, you could say, on like being able to contact people directly. And uh, yeah, been trying to get that sorted because it's a huge community that's been let down by this. Like if you look at the ultimate team trailers for FIFA, you see they don't get as many views as the career mode trailer. So there's like a bigger audience for career mode and they're letting them down. It's just that we aren't as vocal as the ultimate team people so that we kind of get like, you know, we're not their main focal point because they don't make as much money off of career mode as they do with ultimate team with like the daily content and FIFA points and all that stuff, obviously. Yeah, that's a, that's a pain in the arse because um, yeah. I'd be a big career mode player but I'm playing ultimate team at the minute I normally play ultimate team for a bit and then decide what I'm going to do with my life and then just yeah. casually play a bit of career mode but I actually like this this year's game I'd say a lot of listeners are playing or have played but we're here to talk so rare how has your appetite for so rare been over the last couple of weeks or a couple of months even then with uh, I suppose you're, you've had a weird couple of months with I suppose time off essentially probably or like wind down time yeah. and then ramping back up where's so exactly. rare fit into that yeah like obviously Looking back back at how things have played out for people like me and Nep and all these guys that have hopped in uh, at the time where we did, we basically hopped in at the top, it seemed, uh, where Ethereum was doing well, the cards were really pricey and like things were great. And then when you look at portfolios, like I'm basically 50% down from what I invested, which is fine considering that I'm still having an immense amount of fun with SoRare, like watching the games and stuff. But... Um, you know, I kind of have to work my way back up now 
So I have a target to try and reach. Like by the end of this season, the goal is to be in a place where I'm like even and I'll be happy with how things are going. But specifically with the gallery changes lately, I've been very happy to like go on the 23 heavy and really specialize in one area because it makes it so much easier to like play the matchups and knowing your players and understanding how you should be lining up teams, which stacks to use here, which stacks to use there. So it's been really nice to settle down on a certain thing. And uh, yeah, I've been pretty happy with how things are going. I mean, lately one Sheshko, which initially I wasn't happy with, but slowly I'm seeing the upside to him and the hype surrounding him really keeps his price and value up. So as soon as he starts performing again, um, yeah, well, would be nice to see because uh, he gets plenty of opportunities. He's like the number one with big chances missed in Austria right now. <laughs> That's absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, he's missed a big chance missed on the platform for me. Yeah, Salzburg are a weird bunch. Uh, all rotated last weekend, uh, pretty much. I had Soleil. Soleil killed a few teams Same. for people. Yeah. Um, even like Pavlovich beside him, but it kind of meant that I knew they were playing midweek. Um, they did okay. They conceded against Zagreb, which wasn't ideal. But Salzburg are a bit of a weird one, a bit of an enigma. So many young players, but even just rotations or, you know, some of the players can score really well, but I feel like I've been a wee bit lackluster this season, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just don't have the right ones. There, there have been certain players plays, that do well. Yeah. Yeah, Sole has been like, every time he plays, the guy gets a 60-plus, which is incredible to see. Yeah. So it's nice to have players like that you can rely on. Fernando was really good. Like, he was extremely consistent and doing well nearly every single game. Uh, but obviously, uh, he has gotten injured. So there were a couple of constant performers there, but obviously, rotation is a killer. And like not knowing if your guy's going to DMP or not is like a huge worry when it comes to Soraya. So you try to avoid it as much as possible. Um, but yeah, like it's the same with the teams like Barcelona. Like these guys, the, Barcelona and Salzburg can be quite dominant, but you have that issue with rotation where these players are worth so much money, but then they end up sitting on the bench. Like it, it's tough to deal with or really invest into it heavily. You can only go with the pieces where you're like, you're really aware, okay, these guys play every single week. I'm having a look at your team there. You have some really nice players. Um, have you changed strategy much? I can't say I've like followed your gallery's journey, but like, yeah, what, yeah. yeah what I'd say is here, like you've, you've 26 players, but there's some bangers there. Like they're all bangers. Um, Umar Soleil, Taylor Harwood Bellis, this guy, Dauda Guindo, it looks like a baller based on his scores. Uh, <laughs> Saliba, what a season he's having. Simons, yep. Cockchew, Fernandez, Gensin Fernandez has let us all down a bit this season. Samansky's yeah, there. And then Malaka, Odgard, Sesco. Like, you have some cracking players, Tiani. Like, I suppose quality over quantity approach, maybe, or what's the story? It, the, the main thing that I tried to achieve with this was like, I. I Throughout playing so rare, I always try to like play as many lineups as possible and get involved in things that I have no idea about back when MLS season came and the Japanese players and all that. Like I had certain amounts of success there, but looking at the summer period overall, things just didn't go well because I was like trying to get involved in as much as possible. Um, but with with now how I swapped things over to under 23s and like going after players that I actually like really have interest in. It's been so much more enjoyable to have these players. It's been like so much fun to watch them play because they are such youngsters and they get so much praise when they do well. And you have transfer rumors and all these things that are constantly happening surrounding these players. And like the scouting aspect 
really helps me with my FIFA videos. So yeah. I now have knowledge about all these youngsters that now also on FIFA are actually really good talents. And for me, that has been massive. Like it's extremely underrated how important that has been for me to like get this knowledge in terms of football from all around the world now. And with these under 23 players, it really helps my content there. So yeah, it's been great. I've completely swapped over to under 23. I want to settle in there with the best players, as you have seen. Like I have some of the better players in in terms of under 23. I still have a plan of like getting two players each from the dominant teams that have under 23s that play constantly, uh, like the Kutcher and Shimansky. Obviously, Shimansky has some injury worries, but I have Cheshko mm. and Soleil. I have Muric in THB. I'm um, uh, looking to get another PSV player to play alongside Xavi Simmons. Wanted to get Vinders to pair up with Odgaard, but Vinders flew up ever since I wanted to get him. He was at like 0.6 ETH, and I was like literally loading up ETH at the time. And then all of a sudden, I see like five dots popped up. I was like, oh, what the hell God. just happened? <laughs> so he, he just jumped up up to like one ETH. Uh, and it's justified. He's like one of the best under 23 midfielders right now, for sure. Yeah, he's Because insane. he does like defending and also moving forward. Um, but yeah, I couldn't, I didn't want to go for him because I couldn't justify having him for like one season only. Went after mm -hmm. Enzo instead because he probably has an extremely bright future ahead of him. He looks like an insane player. Did I has see... Like, Sorry, in the Champions League or something, he has the most somethings. It's duels won or tackles or interceptions. There's Wouldn't one of these. Surprise like, me. There's one of these things I heard a commentator yeah. saying of every team in the Champions League, he has the best that yeah. whatever whatever it was. Wouldn't but, surprise me, honestly. What what? It's funny that you're saying this though because it's something I've been thinking about recently. Um, my gallery now I have nearly three hundred cards. Now that's across limited rares super rares and that was never me i was always mm. kind of quality over quantity i think a lot of them are limiteds i win some limiteds i buy a load of crap limiteds to stick in underdog teams and specialists for like the community lineup thing i do on youtube um but i think now it's this case it's at the, it's in a place where I don't quite have a team that can compete in champion, but I have really good champion players. So, like, mm. I have, like, Tony Cruz. I have Koulibaly. I have Leroy Sané. I have Thibaut Courtois. I have that type of player. But maybe what I need to do is either work on building stacks so that they all, they all play at the same time, they all have good fixtures at the same time, mm. or maybe I need to sell the likes of those players and actually have a stab at under 23 super rare for example do you know yeah. like i've got this kind of bit part like those players all in isolation sound incredible but whenever you're coming up against Bayern and they've won six nil if the only one you have is sane you don't yeah. have kimmich you don't have a pamacano you don't have neuer yeah. the chances of Courtois keeping the clean sheet of koulibaly even starting out with the rotation with potter my point is if i was to sell all those players take the hands vanikins um whatever forwards have got a challenger, I don't actually know, defenders have a load of them. What if I sold all those guys that I'm not really using and built mm. up 10, 15 ETH and just went and bought like three top super rares and actually had a crack in it? Like, I think I'd have more fun doing that because I'm actually finding yeah. building lineups borderline stressful at the minute. It used to take me half an hour. I'd get yeah. on a stream and do it and it'd be good fun. Now I'm finding myself doing or not on a stream, doing it before a stream, doing it after a stream, all in like every weekend. It's like two hours to build my lineups. And I mean, it's it's a hobby as well, so it is fun. 
Yeah, of course. But and like, it, but it's I get, got I get to the what point you mean. It's stressful because it used to be fun whenever I knew what the best thing to do was. Okay, I enter this, I enter this, I enter this. Now there's so many divisions. While it's beautiful mm. and it's great for accessibility, it's great for variance and ch- or like changing things up. Having to decide, okay, do I prioritize the underdog, the specialist? There's the kickoff. There's the this. There's the Bundesliga special thing. There's the this. Yeah. There's Division Twos now. There's the super rare. I have a team this week where I'm like that could compete at under twenty three super rare, but I'm like, do I do that or do I do under twenty three? I don't know. It's yeah. just doing a bap in recently, so maybe I'd love to just have more quality and less decisions to make and a higher yeah. chance of winning. You'd have a higher I chance think- of winning with less decisions. Is the best thing to have. And less information to have to follow, do you know? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I think that's like, at some point you have to decide, what is the thing that I enjoy the most? Like, which division do I actually enjoy the most in terms of like watching the games and like following the players' trajectories and the team that they play for? That's why I've personally gone for like, like ideally wanting to have two players from each team. So if I have two players from each team in, in the division's like top half, all around Europe, I will end up having, let's say, 10 pairings, right? And I only run like three lineups max. Let's say I have 10 pairings, and I know that four of those pairings have good matchups this week, right? I put those together into a strong lineup, and I'm pretty confident that something will come out of it. And then the other pairings I use in like, let's say I want to grind for threshold because the matchups aren't great, or I go for underdog or specialist where some players haven't made it into the good lineup but they still have a decent matchup like it makes it so much easier to have your focus on one specific strategy yeah and at the same time like with you you too many things have to come together for for that team that you mentioned to really work out individually yeah. these are class players obviously like we, we all know that but um for it for it all to come together at the same game week that's that's what makes the biggest difference because for me if you look at my game weeks right now like for like what is it now six game weeks i haven't necessarily won anything big since sheshko so i've been struggling but when i look at my players and how they have been doing i've had hundreds i've had 80s 90s all around these players doing well but it hasn't just come together in one lineup so ideally like minimizing the risk of missing out on those good performances that's why I'm thinking like having those stacks of two, like the goalkeeper and the defender. I now have that like two or three times. Um, that, that seems to really work out. And I, I really want to go after that strategy while remaining in under 23. So I have like everything streamlined and I know exactly what I'm going after. And honestly, with so rare data and how things are going, people are like so data driven right now yeah. so that most people competing in champion Europe and all that have some of the best stacks out there. Like, it's really hard to compete for someone like you with your team to beat these guys that have the PSG, the the Bayern stacks and all these guys. Like, it's really tough. So I reckon maybe selling some of those players that you mentioned and going into a different division where it's not as competitive, it's not that big of a focus for people could work out because Nep and I have been doing this and Nep just this game week i believe has won a burkhard super rare in under 23 super rare and he's only like swapped over there for like two weeks i believe he has now like bit bit of a focus on it and uh it's worked out perfectly fine so i personally feel like under 23 super rare looks really good because like tier one super rares gakpo and stuff were in there i was like what the hell is going on here it's not even a star so I personally want to kind of go towards that direction too. But right now I have five super rares. 
that I could put into a lineup. But ideally, I want to have those five to like pick and choose in between them for rare pro at the moment. So I'm not there yet. But I think for someone like you that could have like 15 ETH at hand, letting go of some of these players, something like under 23 super rare could be very enjoyable to play. And at the same time, really enjoyable for your viewers because like high stakes, high rewards, right? Exactly. Like part of me has been looking for like a more quantity over quality kind of approach in terms of rewards, thinking more rewards is more content. But the other side is opening big rewards is amazing. I think when I have a look at, when I have a look there at my teams and what I can do, the thing that's in the front of my mind is the first time in my life I've run a full team five man stack and actually cared. And it's funny because even the reward I was giving it away was Rangers versus Liverpool in their first fixture in the Champions League last week. And I had the Alisson, Trent, Van Dijk, Salah and Thiago stack. Yeah. And that game, I haven't been glued to a game of football like that in so long. Because even when you're watching with one or two players on the pitch, yeah. there's there, there's 20 other players in that pitch that might have the ball at any one time. Yeah. Whenever you're watching with five of the 22 players in the pitch, take out the goalkeepers, 25% of the time you would imagine your player has the ball. And it's probably 40% of the time or more that your player mm. is either potentially going to receive a pass, make a tackle, get an interception. I was glued to it because every time, no matter where the ball was in the pitch, you know, right back, centre back, goalkeeper, Salah on the right wing and then even Thiago kind of left mid. Yeah. It, well, not left mid, like left centre mid. Everywhere I had something going on and I was like, I could watch football like this every time. Yeah. And part yeah. of me wants nothing more than to just pick five, six teams and just be like, let's go. Like Lee, yeah. for example, I have the Benjamin Andre unique. I've got a Jonathan David super rare. Doesn't feel optimal not to use him in under 23 divisions. But mm. I could pick up like a, a smiley super rare, pick up a rare Chevalier, the keeper. Unfortunately, he's under 23, so his price is through the roof. And then maybe pick up like a Jonathan Bamba or something super rare for like an ETH. All of a sudden, I have a five-man Lille stack. That one week might win 4-0. And I not might... only just one week, like Lille is not bad. Like they, yeah. they have the capability of, you know, having, let's say throughout the season, eight really good game weeks. Yeah. Right? Where you have that stack. Obviously, if no one gets injured, but like if you have that stack and you're ready to go... I don't know. I haven't had that yet where I have like a full team of one team. I think I was closest to it with like Marseille where I had like three or four maybe at some point. And it is, as you said, like it's extremely enjoyable to watch the game because every single pass counts. Every single through ball is huge when you have an attacker that's like running after it and your your midfielder played the pass. You're like, please make it happen. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of see where you're coming from there. Like being, having a, a big gallery like you, I think at some point you just have to decide like, what do I enjoy the most? What's the most fun for me? Mm. And what at the same time can bring in good rewards so that I like really enjoy what I'm doing? Oh, it's just so much work, isn't it? <laughs> it is, <laughs> it really is. Selling those players and like getting the new ones. Like I've been extremely impatient when it comes to stuff like that. Like I've sold to the to these bundle buyers for like I don't know six seven times already, uh, until I now finally settled in on what I want to achieve. And now and you're wondering to, why you've lost in. half your value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, honestly, mate. Like for me, again, like I it probably invested like 60, 65 k in my gallery is worth like thirty five right now. 
it's not ideal, but at the same time, like I'm looking at this as something that I've invested into for a long time and not just here mm. to like sell off tomorrow. And at the same time, I'm fully aware that the players I have are very much capable of winning things now. So I'm not too worried about the whole aspect of like losing out. Of course, this previous game week was possibly the worst for me. I had three goalkeepers on the 23. All three did not play. Osaka got rested. Muric got benched because he was oh. injured. And then uh, Kavlina got dropped all of a sudden. I was like, oh, God, all three? Really? <laughs> really? You're going to do me like that? <laughs> yeah, literally. And now, like, in the past few days, I went out and got myself two other goalkeepers because I'm, like, sick and tired of having to deal with these issues. When they come up, I want to be prepared. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it kind of pushed me there. But now I'm set up. So I'm, like, I'm not too worried about moving forward. And, like, the money, again, that I've lost, I've made up for it with the knowledge that I put into my YouTube videos mm. now and, like, brought that money back in so it's all good you haven't lost it till you sell Channy. that is true that is true it's all said and done I good thing is i actually have negative uh like i have sold and i'm at a loss right now so for tax nice get in <laughs> realize i love it exactly i realize plenty of losses so i'll, I'll be happy at the tax man <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So I'm actually going to bring a question forward to this point in the podcast, which I don't usually do, and maybe I should do more often. Uh, just because I'm actually interested to ask you this. Um, mm -hmm. We haven't spoken a few months. A lot's happened with new sports, as you say, like maybe market sentiment, ETH, whatever else. There has been a lot of things that have happened. So Canaries has asked, where do you think SoRare will be in the next couple of years? There's another part of the question we'll come to later, but how's your long... You mentioned that longer-term view. Are you as confident as you've, as you've always been? More confident, less confident? How are you feeling? I think considering like the global situation right now, it's actually crazy how well SoRare is doing. Mm. Like normally when you have an economic situation like it is right now with people struggling all over and having to pay insane prices for energy and like especially people from Europe, I feel like it's actually crazy how well SoRare has like done throughout this period because you would expect that during these times, a lot of tech companies out there, like, for example, Facebook and Apple and all these guys are releasing workers like they're letting people go because they can't necessarily like keep things up the, the same way they used to because everything was on an upwards trajectory. But seeing that SoRare is constantly expanding and constantly bringing in new licenses and constantly improving uh, things here and there, even though it might not be perfect, no one says it's perfect, but like big companies are built during bear markets so so to say and right now like the economic situation the only thing that could genuinely make it worse is god forbid a nuke being dropped right that's that's like <laughs> yeah. the only thing that's the only thing that could genuinely make it worse at this point but like there are so many things that are breaking down and for some reason story is seeming to be stable it's doing well of course a lot of players have dropped in value and all that good stuff but if you have the Mbappes, the Kimishes of this world, your gallery is like super stable. If you look at a Haber, for example, like his players have barely ever moved. Like they, they, they these are the best of the best, right? Like he has yeah. the Neymars, the Messis, the, the Kimish and Noya and all these guys. Like if you have some of the best players on a platform, you kind of have like some sort of safety because there's always a lot of demand for these players, which is, I think, a very good indicator on seeing like how well Sorare is doing overall. Like mm. if Mbappe from tomorrow, like tomorrow drops 30% in price, I'd be worried. Because if he drops 30, my players are dropping 60. Yeah. So like seeing the stability and the demand in those players, I, I honestly think when Sorare gets throughout this period that is economically terrible, and when things are going well, 
there's no limit to how big this thing could be. Because as soon as they simplify the process on like getting onboarded onto a platform, understanding how things work, I genuinely think there are tons, thousands of football fans out there that will get involved in this. And I really hope that through NBA, a lot of people will see this product now and like get into football as well because they already love the NBA side. They were like, what else can I do? MLB, all right. And then football, like especially with the World Cup. If there's a lot of popularity coming in for like the US team and a lot of hype and the NBA drops at the same time, I can see a lot of new users uh, being onboarded. I'm having a quick look here. I, I think their biggest bottleneck is, I just, I think you kind of alluded to it there, just put it in my head anyway. Like I'm seeing through like the affiliate side of things. I think back whenever it boomed with Gary V or whatever, we had a very kind of ETH savvy group of people coming onto the platform and people all came and joined and spent. Yeah. I've seen more people signing up recently um, than ever for me anyway. And the I problem is <laughs> I don't think these people know how to get ETH into a platform because they're not necessarily ETH savvy because that's not yeah. maybe where the, the attention is at the minute. My point is I think like there might be a lot of awareness and I think whatever about marketing they keep mentioning it i don't know how that's going i think a lot of people are maybe more aware of so rare now than were six months ago three months ago whatever but i think like that bottleneck of it's still a ball like trying to get money in and i know there's ramp and i know there's moon pay and i know there's all these yeah. things i still just don't think it's as intuitive as typing your credit card details and away you go yeah uh, maybe it kind of is and it's not much more complicated than that but i haven't deposited that way in a long time i actually don't have a clue my point is I'm going off on one, but I think your point around just how well SoRare has done through how hard the last six months has been globally, it actually is kind of astounding. Yeah. It, it really is. So. Um, yeah. And it just shows the level of like interest and desire to play the game and how much people enjoy it. Like I've never played a fantasy game like it. Um, yeah. And yeah, like if the economy turns around, which it probably won't do in a hurry... I mean, that probably will take anywhere. like one or two years once this thing is over, hopefully, anytime soon. We have some peace, but I, I honestly think the way Soraya has handled these past few few months has been great. Like they have added a lot of things that people love to see. And I've seen many big time managers that are really happy with how things are evolving at the moment. And uh, considering that they could become even bigger in the future and like hopefully have a bigger team that can focus on smaller details that we all kind of want fixed or improved. Um, I, I, only, I can only see an upside to it. And I, I actually wonder, like, even though I personally would love to, uh, would hate to lose the exposure to ETH, I wonder if what kind of impact it would have if it wasn't based on ETH, but just fiat. Like, I really wonder how stable the markets would be for these players and their prices and how how many people are being onboarded if this whole thing was wasn't crypto but it was based on fiat and i, I actually wanted like if it was if they would be telling us now like in six months time or in a year's time we're going to switch completely to uh to fiat and you have all that time to decide would you do something about it would you like let pl players go would you keep players would you buy more what what would you do i don't know because you know i'm honestly not I'm not like someone who cares a lot about this. There's people who like are crypto. You're, you can kind of 
with a crypto head on you to an extent. There's a little a bit, yeah. People, there's a lot of people who like are big into their ETH and want to accumulate ETH and want to do this and want to do that. And maybe I'm just a degenerate. Like what I want to do is have fun and make content and maybe make some money while I'm at it. Maybe who knows? I don't know. Or if you just cut off there for a second. Oh, I'm back. Um, what I said is like I, I don't mind like I'm not hell bent on churning ETH. I'm not following crypto at all. I do not follow ETH and its fluctuations whatsoever. Yeah. Maybe it's naive if you're trying to make money, but I'm also genuinely here for entertainment and making content myself. Could I make more money if I cared a bit more or put more time into it? Absolutely. But for me, if they go to Fado, if they were to go to Fado only or some sort of stablecoin grand, I'll just roll with the punches and, and whatever. Maybe I should care a bit more with the amount of money I've got in there, but I, I don't know. I'm not someone who's like, I want to accumulate ETH, do you know, mm. and that's all I care about because people play the game to do that. Equally, I don't just think in fate. I kind of just do this weird hybrid thing. By no means an expert, by no I'm means advise it to anyone, I'm but same, like, yeah. it, w- it wouldn't keep me up at night. I don't think I would start changing what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. It's it's a weird one. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think for the growth of the platform, the best thing they could do is to kind of have it somewhat fiat-based. Um, but I wonder how it would work then because it's all based on the blockchain technology and all that good stuff. So I don't see it ever changing. So what they need to do is to properly have an onboarding site. Like when you jump onto SoRare, Better than these fancy little pictures. Have some videos, explain things. Have some, mm. have some actual like experts come on there. Have Laird come in and like record some videos for SoRare. Uh, have you come in and have some of these content creators come up with like tutorials? Because mm. when I came onto the platform, I had no idea, no clue. Like I think it would be huge for them to have this onboarding uh, platform. Like I wonder how many people come onto the Sawyer page for the first time and how many Just actually stick around. Yeah, like yeah, how many they, they throw out these off. bullshit numbers that I don't believe for a minute. They throw out these retention numbers to like similar to Netflix and all this malarkey. Mm. I don't buy it. That The site isn't sticky enough at all, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it's not close, but... And look, I have it open the entire time, but I don't do anything there. Like, it's open on the side in case I want to do something. Like... It doesn't mean I'm like glued to the screen looking at it the entire time. I, I just happen to have three monitors where one of them is so rare. <laughs> so yeah. like I I think it would be very interesting to see how many people click onto the site and how many actually sign in and log in. And then once they are logged in, how many actually do return. Like I think the onboarding process is the most important thing they need to improve. And they just haven't done it throughout the time where yeah. I've been here. Apart from the draft system for the comments and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything um, improve. sad to see because the onboarding is very important for such a huge project. Yeah, because I think it's a good enough game that once people understand it and get involved, they're likely to stick around and get a bit addicted yeah. to it. Because I mean, everyone is, is glued to it. Everyone loves it, right? Any football yeah. fan that can buy players from their own team and like improve their enjoyment of watching their team play like Quinny with Celtic and all that stuff. Like they're going to love this product. It's just about explaining it in, an, in a simple way and like letting people know, hey, sign in. And right next to the sign in, there's a little video that like explains things. And then a- after you signed in, there's another video explaining you how to how, how to utilize the wallet, how you then hop onto the market and bid on things, how you do this, how you do that. Like there needs to be a proper onboarding. 
I think that is the number one thing they need to focus on. Apart from like the licensing and all these things that they're doing, the improvements to rewards and all that stuff, I think they are missing out big time because they aren't doing uh, what is necessary to grow this product in the most easy way. We haven't actually been hurt hearing as many complaints about rewards and whatever else recently. Mm -hmm. I do think like the community is quite happy at the minute. I think, um, yeah. you know, things have been pretty chill. The rewards, haven't seen many people throwing the toys out of the pram. They're innovating with new competitions, which is great to see. There's been lots of new licenses, lots of new clubs, the championship clubs, etc. Um, and just on that note, Canaries, the second question, just to throw this out here now, uh, was how much of an established trusted name and how how much of an established... Uh, oh yeah, so for so rare, like where it'll be in the next couple of years, how much of an established trusted name do you think it'll be and how much will it still be clouded by dodgy NFT label? Like, And then how can they fix the fact that when they launch a new team, for example, Norwich, the response is just, why more crypto NFT shit? So there is this wider spread... I wouldn't know if I don't know if it's a hatred, but probably isn't far off for just like crypto NFTs. I think NFTs as a whole are just looked at as a cash grab mm. by the wider football because community. most of them are right. Yeah, most of them are like most of them don't have any utility. They don't have any anything apart from like looking at it. That's it. Yeah. But like I personally was someone that absolutely thought like, what the hell are these NFTs? Like, why are people spending millions for these freaking pictures? Well, what's mm. the point behind this? But when I jumped as someone that absolutely hated NFTs, I jumped into Sora. I was like, oh, this is sick. This yeah. is amazing. Like, this makes sense. This is amazing. And so, like, it's all about explaining people that this is not your usual nft project where people sell you stupid pictures and you hope that someone else wants to pay more for it than you did yeah because like you can i can buy an enzo fernandez who's like 20 now and i can have this guy for the next nine to ten years and he could be one of the best midfielders in the world like i have so much utility with this one with so5 and all that stuff I don't have that with any other NFT. Yeah, you have some of these stupid ones where you get like access to parties or whatever the stupid things you can do with these NFTs out there. But like, it doesn't, they, they don't compare to so rare. And you can see that based on the numbers of NFTs. Like when you look at these charts that show where Sora is, is currently based on like trading volume and all these things that are happening on the platform compared to other NFT projects. and all throughout this bear market that we're in now it's somewhere in the top 10 like it's always doing well i want to actually have a look at crypto slam that's the site isn't is it? that you the page where, where, it, where it shows that yeah crypto slam you can see like volumes and stuff can't you so see. like if we look at by sales volume how do i change that this is not the most intuitive site oh god this really oh, okay there we go in the last 30 days so where's fifth in terms of sales? Twenty over twenty-one million dollars. Mm. Um Renga, CryptoPunks, QQL, Mint Pass, and Board Ape Yacht Club ahead. In terms of transactions though, Jesus wept. Sort by is there a sort by thing? This is like a really, really unintuitive site. Um so rare three hundred and twenty-two thousand five hundred and twenty-nine. NFL all day has 481,489 lower um, transaction values though because it's, it's there's less money been spent even though there's more transactions. My point is, yeah, SoRare is going very, very strong in the wider NFT space there. Yeah. Um, but I think on the Canaries question, it is this thing of like, I think 
in not necessarily. I don't know if it's so rare's job. It probably it probably is so rare's job because if it isn't theirs, who who else is is it to educate football fans about NFT tech NFTs and what it is? So I don't know how that looks. I don't know how they go about that, but it is trying to get rid of that tabooness of it all and educate. It's all down to education, isn't it? I don't know how they do yeah. that through influencers and through. I, I think know. they need to take these matters into their own hands. Like they need to put out content themselves that explains things and yeah. makes people understand that this is not your usual NFT or have some experts from the outside come in and analyze the product and put out their honest reviews. And uh, if it, it will clearly show that these mm. NFTs are completely different to the usual ones that you have out there at the moment that are just pictures, that's it. Like. Yeah, this stuff this, has utility, and that's the biggest difference. Exactly. And <laughs> the, the, this question was also asked this week. It was one of our most liked. It's from lookingforfood.eth. Proper question for both of you. Last week, my favorite team came on so rare, but I noticed a lot of concern from fans who are unfamiliar with crypto NFTs, etc. And crypto, should there be more focus on developing trust than gameplay in order to get new users? So same question from two yeah. uh, accounts that their teams were recently on board. So they were obviously very excited, but unfortunately they're... Their friends and and family and I don't know fellow supporters weren't necessarily so yeah, that is definitely a roadblock because it it's just that fear mongering aspect of it whether it's true or not if the masses think it's true, it's true you know it's exactly. true to them it's that's, their truth and it is ninety five percent of the time it is true NFTs are most of the time turn out to be a scam or not worthy to really invest in or a huge risk at least to take on, which I'm not saying SoRare doesn't involve any risk. Of course it does. But the difference is you, if you are a smart person, if you do your research, if you plan out well, you can do really well with these NFTs. And it, they are just like, as you, I think, said at some point, like SoRare is a football game that's based on NFTs, right? It's not an mm. NFT game that's based on football. Like yeah. it's the other, it's the other way around. So they're just utilizing the technology to get the best out of a concept of a game that they have come up with. So yeah. I, from the outside looking in, if I had no idea what Sora is and someone told me like it's a football NFT game, I'd be like, yeah, no thanks. Because yeah. like from the outside, NFT, those three letters just don't have it. But even even for me, like. Yeah, in general, like people just look at it and think, why? Why are you spending so much money on this? Yeah, but and even for me, as someone who's like relatively balls deep in NFTs, I am like, people expect, oh, he has the podcast, he does the content, and all that, he, he, he must know all this stuff. I have like Vayner Sports Pass, a Vayner Sports Pass NFT, a couple of Adam Bomb squads, all these other bits and bobs, a Foodium Club, whatever else. And all the like mumbo jumbo bollocks of like having to enter this raffle and hook up your wallet to this to enter that to get yep. this to buy that to mint this, even like a mint token giddy thisy that I'm like ah piss off I'll just yeah. for forgo the utility fuck I can't be arsed with that shit yeah. none of it's intuitive so rare as it's been said before is like a web two point five because while it's intuitive in many ways. The deposit money is probably the least intuitive thing. And I suppose explaining the whole game and all the intricacies of it. But like everything needs to be really, really, really simple if you want mass adoption. Because even people who have some sort of idea just can't be arsed with it. You know, yeah. it's it's too much of a barrier. And that kind of comes down to a question here. 
Rob Marshall, why is the marketing so from so rare so poor? Just launching cards on Twitter doesn't attract many new users. Just look at the comments. Again, back to that. The idea is still too complex to explain in 30 seconds. When joining the site, there's no explanation. How can SoRare better onboard new users? New users. So back to your your point. You can't <laughs> it all comes it to onboarding. Seconds. It all yeah. comes to onboarding. And the thing is, like, it's not about 30 seconds, right? It's not going to happen in 30 seconds. But as I said before, if you have the page set up in a way where if someone for the first time ever, or if anyone that doesn't have an account comes onto SoRare, Yes, have the sign in button in the top, right? But the first page needs to be like a proper onboarding page where it explains things. Every step you go through, there's another video or at least an explanation on the side where someone explains to you, explains to you what is happening. And they need to make these videos as professional as they have made their public announcements, like the latest ones that we have seen. I think it was back in March, actually. It's a long time ago. But like they need to put some proper production value behind this so that it looks professional, so that whoever is hosting it needs to do a really good job in explaining these things, needs to be an experienced manager that knows what's going on. And I think Zural is working for them now, right? Yeah. I don't know if he's like into making content or anything like that, but like he knows what Sora is. Like he was a manager before he became an employee. So someone like that that has that knowledge needs to step up front and be like, okay, I know everything about the onboarding process. I know how complicated things can be. I've experienced these problems myself. So let me explain to anyone that comes onto the onto the platform. Here on the left, you have the sign-in process. On the right, you'll have a video explaining. I'm explaining to you how to go through it. And then as you go through that process, after you signed in, have the page where you have to set up your wallet, have another video below it, explain how things are going. And this is only for first time users, like people that are signing up for the first time. It shouldn't be that complicated. This is not like outlandish ideas that I'm putting up front. Like this is very, very simple stuff. And it genuinely, like if they think about this idea right now, they should be, they should have this done in a month's time, especially with the World Cup coming in. If you're gonna market during the World Cup, which I assume they will, if they don't go ahead and have like Sorare on the sides, I'd be very surprised. But like, I fully expect them to do a lot of marketing and there will be tons of people that come onto this platform, but will be scared off due to the fact that it is not simple. It's overcomplicated. Someone that doesn't know about crypto or NFTs or wallets and all these things will just be overwhelmed and be like, nah, I'll stick to FPL. Like. And, and that's, this, that's the thing, you need to simplify it. And if it isn't simple, make it as simple as possible by explaining it in a proper way. So all those three comments that you had there, like they're all about onboarding technically, mm -hmm. like make, making people understand what SoRare is about and how to play it. 100%, 100%. I think like their new onboarding or recent onboarding, there are some explanations around cards and things and around what this is and that is. But I mean, the problem is it's too complex a platform to really tell people everything they need to know to get started without putting themselves at risk do you know there's too yeah. many things that come into the equation you know one of the most simple things i get asked every day every day i get a dm about this at least once and it's always like the old cards do they have any use or can i not use them anymore yeah like the amount of people who get so confused about that that's the one tiny thing never mind yeah. the depositing never mind the building setting teams up the wallets and all that yeah. yeah never mind all that um i think like we're so rare probably will go and where it needs to go is like more like borderline free to play looking for like mass adoption of like the best fantasy game that there is 
with an intuitive, easy way that is known to everyone on how to deposit into their site. And then from there, been able to go to a market and buy cards. Yeah. Once you understand this free-to-play fantasy game that you're playing. I don't mm. know, even when I look at like the, the, the game page now, the play page, if we go to play upcoming, and I don't know if it's a bit little less overwhelming for like newer users because, um, you know, maybe they can't see all the other competitions. And I know you can't filter by the scarcity you want to look at and hide lock competitions. There are oh, things you're you can cutting do. out again. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No worries. I'm just saying on the play page that like, while you can't hide lock competitions and all scarcities, you can filter by that. It's it's a pretty overwhelming looking page now with all the new tournaments. Do you know? Mm. Like it, it was pretty intuitive at the start whenever it was like red, blue, black, or yellow, red, blue, black. But now that we've got like the purple for the underdog and kickoff limiteds there, and then more reds and blues and blacks and reds and blues and blacks and underdogs and specialists and legends and there's a lot of very like a lot of very interesting and there's a lot of variable different contests you can enter and that's great. But at the same time, knowing where to begin for someone new coming onto the site, it's a bit. Yeah, overwhelming like jesus yeah. christ i think i think they're kind of right now they're relying on people like you and me to make these beginner tutorials and like make people understand what it's about like yeah. in these 30 40 minute videos where you explain every single step but like they need to do a better job of doing that themselves and mm. before they do that it's they're not gonna see insane amounts of growth like i'm gonna go into the charts real quick and see like how much the growth has been lately to five cards or more in the past month, let's say since the beginning of September, has gone from 98,000 to 105,000 up, up until now. So that's like one and a half months. It's not yeah. bad, but like this product at this moment in time with all these licenses they have, all these new leagues they are bringing in, all these new fan bases that should be interested in the product. Like I bet you as soon as they announced the let's say the Napoli or AC Milan deal, there were tons of fans that probably clicked on that link and were like, what's this about? And clicked on it and then mm. saw the page and they're like, ah, I don't know, this is, this is too complicated. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at here. Like, I think I think they're missing out on a on a huge amount of, of users coming in. I, I assume they see these stats. I assume they see how many people actually stick around after the first time they clicked on the platform. They, they surely have those analytics for themselves. I think they're prob probably aware of these issues. It's a big spike on the 26th of September. Yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> what happened then? No clue. Can't remember at it's all. like 4K new users. Is that NBA? I have no idea. Probably not, right? Probably no, not. they announced it earlier. Yeah. Speaking of NBA, big community event coming up, and they have nailed down that this one is specifically... Uh, an NBA community event, so there'll be no football managers. Fifteen percent football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh. So all we have is it's on October the eighteenth community event hosted by Real J Williams. Get ready, so rare fam. Jesus Christ, people's ears probably just got blown off. I apologize. No, I didn't hear anything. Should you didn't, right. but they will. Um, oh. Sorry about that one. I went to play their little community event um, video hosted by J Williams, eighteenth of October. They're going to announce basketball. I mean, there's no prizes for guessing. They're going to announce basketball um, and everything that entails. I think it's going to be five a side. Cards mm. will probably start coming not long after that community event, you imagine. Does the season start then? The season starts in the next couple of weeks, I think. I think it think. starts, yeah, very soon. 
So it's probably for the kickoff of that season. I don't know how the tournaments will work and all. Obviously, they'll need to scale up uh, like baseball did initially, maybe allowing commons to be entered in the limited competitions till they get the cards out there or whatever else. Are you going to dabble? Mm. Have you dabbled in baseball? No? Uh, I, I only played the commons and I won like five limited so far. So it's been fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing, but I seem to be doing decent there at times. Yeah, like it's it's going great. But with NBA, like it's always been a sport that I always wanted to like get into, but never really had a reason to or the time to do so. But uh, with Sorare, depending on how the market is looking, I'm, I'm definitely interested because I think it has huge potential, just like football. Like there's millions of fans that absolutely love this sport. And at least it's a lot more fun to watch because there's something happening every like 15 seconds. So... I, I like that aspect of like watching a game and seeing, let's say I have a stack of a team and like every 20 seconds, something's going on and I'm hoping for something to work out. Well, like that could be fun because with mm. football, obviously like you're hoping for that one decisive for 90 minutes. And if it doesn't come, it's super sad. But with basketball, you're probably like gradually throughout the entire game, you're going to build up scores uh, with these players. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. I want to see how they set up the scoring. I want to see what the prices are going to be for these one out of, what is it going to be? 100,000, whatever the scarcity is going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm excited to see how they set that all up. And once it's set up, I'll start off with the comments for sure from day one. Um, but I definitely want to dabble into it once uh, the market is kind of, you know, stable. Let's put it that way. I think I'm going to absolutely FOMO in and do what I did with baseball and way overpay yeah. for a few one of a thousands <laughs> or one of five thousands and then regret it a few weeks later and then just hoping five years it's the most sought after collectible on the planet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, watch this space for me overpaying again. But yeah, no, I'm excited. I think it'll be the thing. The problem I have with baseball is that because it's like a three and a half, four hour thing or whatever it is more, you're sitting down for hours if you want to watch it. I don't care about it that much. At least nah. when I sit down to watch a football match, if, if a guy in the pitch, there's a chance the ball comes to him. But whenever you sit down to watch someone and like you are, you're, you've, your pitcher is the guy you want to watch in that game, if the other team's pitching, you're waiting until that whole thing's done. Yeah. Or like maybe you've got guys who are hitters and you're waiting for them to come and hit. And then, you know, that you're, you're going to have to wait. They're like, there's like five more people to hit before them. So you're watching a mm. bunch of chumps swinging yeah. at these balls that you don't really care about so i feel like with basketball as you say like if you have lebron and you turn on whatever team he's playing for you know lebron's gonna be there and he's gonna be playing and he's gonna mm. be scoring points and getting rebounds and do whatever he does and like it'll be instantly like entertaining yeah i think baseball is a bit of a hard one um yeah. so i do think basketball will be taken up much quicker by everyone um let me see another question we may as well stick to questions because there there's yeah, a few of them sure. here They've been good. um Jay Fraz, do you do you change your so rare strategy as frequently as your pants? <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> um, where would you like to see your gallery in one year's time, and how do you see all of the recent new gameplay options, underdog kickoffs, etc., evolving to an end state design in the near future? Ideally, let's start off with the first one, like the, the one year plan. Ideally, it's to really be set up in a way where I genuinely have like every single player that I believe to be like top 10% in on the 23s. Like I, not every single one, but obviously like some of the better ones and have those stacks that I talked about earlier fully built out. So I can like genuinely every single week be like, okay, this week I'm going PSV heavy along with a Beshik Dutch defense. 
uh, like all those things. I want to be in a place where I have a clear plan every single week and have my go-to players. Um, in terms of like evaluation, I'd be just happy if I just come back to what I invested in total. Um, I'm not too fussed about the investment itself, so it's fine. And I just hope to still be here and be involved in it as much as I am now, because I really, really like the product. And what I enjoy the most is just that it enhanced my football knowledge all around the world and helps me with my job. And uh, yeah, that's that's one thing that I hope uh, will keep going. And I just genuinely hope that they keep upgrading uh, the process of like reward stability and all these things that they are currently working on with the new divisions and all these things, new licenses. Um, I just hope they keep going on this trajectory because they have been going well. And I think people need to give Soria more props than they have been given in the past few months. Uh, ever since I've come onto the platform, it has changed a lot and a lot of it is for, but for the better. So I'm hoping that that continues. And uh, what was the second part of the question again? Um, where would you like to? How do you see all of the? How do, how do you see all of the new game options basically evolve into an oh, yeah. end state in the near future? Yeah, so I, I don't think they will keep adding new things constantly. Like I don't expect them to keep adding as much as they have been adding now. I think at some point they will have figured out what works and what doesn't. Because like having too many divisions is probably not ideal for them either. Or they'll have to give out like a ton of rewards each time. Um, but I really hope that they keep the underdogs. I think the underdogs has, have been a great addition um, considering what you can win in there. But I feel like Specialist Limited is the place to be, right? Um, in terms of like the rewards we have seen there, some people winning insanely high-valued players with teams that were worth like 200 quid or whatever, and they're winning like a Messi. So I, I like that, but I would love to see that... Um, step up to like the rare divisions as well where specialist rare is actually worth playing um it wasn't initially now recently they have upgraded things there and they've kind of listened to feedback which is good to see um but i think it's really nice to have all these new divisions now because a lot of the top cards are being diluted so it's less competitive in some areas and when you can when you can identify these areas to really go into and go heavy you can be very successful with it. Like me and Nep were talking about the whole on the 23 super rare thing. And we were looking at the point totals that it took you to get like a tier two super rare. And it wasn't that high. Like it's not impossible to achieve, especially with our budgets that we have put in and immediately worked out for him. And it would have worked out for me too. If I went with one of the teams that I had planned to put up, but then split it up. I, I saw that I would have come in like top 15 or something and would have won a super rare that's like worth 0.6 ETH. An actually decent player, but just worth low because of um, it being a Jap Japanese player and their season being over and all that good stuff. But I think if you do your research and specialize on a few certain things, um, you'll be a very happy user. So I like that they have added all these new divisions because it just dilutes all these top, top cards and helps people to gain an advantage here or there if they specialize on one thing. I think I might have to go for under 23 super rare. <laughs> the 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 point totals just aren't the considering every player is getting twenty five percent. If you've uni unique, you're getting a wee bit extra. Yeah. Like, and the captain like four hundred and like if you if you're hitting high four hundreds four seventy five ish, you're you're right up at the top. Like, yeah. I think it's I think it's a great place to be. It just obviously takes a lot of money, 
and you need mm. to make the right decisions. I personally think I only have like two really good super rares in Honor 23, and that's Osako and Hilgers. And then I have some that could be good that are a bit risky, but like first place um, in game week 312 had 455 points. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at Honor 23 Rare Pro. Sorry, that's the wrong one. Honor 23 Super Rare, first place, 493. We have seen 500 plus in limiteds. <laughs> yeah, so. and I mean, these guys are getting their 20, 25, 28% extra, you know? Yeah, like, and the captaincy makes a huge difference here as well. Like, if you can pick a captain that should say a 90, and you times that by, let's call it... Like 40%, isn't it? 1.4? Yeah, but if I if I captain the I'd get 1.48 on that. That's 133 points off him. Mm. Like, so my, my, I'll tell you my team, my dilemma this week, and I don't think I have the balls to do it because I don't think it's optimal for me, but I want to do it every single week. I could play Donnarumma rare, right? You don't really mind the goalkeeper if it's a rare. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Soleil. In midfield, realistically, like my super you have rare. Yeah, super rare. Yeah. Oh, you still do. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't oh, shit wow. the bed. Um, so Ravella <laughs> is actually like decent. Um, he, he can pick, like rack up a bit of AA and he's against Empoli this week. So I think that's a good fixture for him. At, like the Raskins and Kulisevskis and Versharins and Kakares and Chukwazis, they're all there. And I know one of them is going to shoot an 80 every single week, but you just picking mm. the right one is impossible. Yeah. So I think Ravella is the most consistent. So I would have Sole, Ravella, Super Rares. And then up top, it's a decision because Zion Fleming has scored 70 plus in three yeah. of the last four games. He's on form and he's got a great fixture against, is it Bristol City or something? Yeah, Bristol. Um, so I could go Zion Fleming, Jonathan David has Strasbourg and Rafa Leao has Ver- or Verona. Mm. So they're all good fixtures, but you can't play three forwards. So I could pick any two of those three. I personally go Leal and then Zion Fleming because his AA scores are pretty decent too, right? If he doesn't necessarily do, like, if he doesn't get a decisive, he can still get you, like, a 60-point game after the bonus. So my thinking is, like, with that team, I think that team with Sole Captain might do something. Do you know what I mean? I think it will. I think it should. Like The problem is... It's a great squad. Under-23 Rare Pro is an absolute baller squad. Do you know? So, like, if I if I save the Soleil mm. for under-23 Pro, then you're looking at, let's say, Soleil and Fleming there, but you're surrounding that with, like, Jude Bellingham or Koku, Donnarumma, and then the extra could be, like, Vinny Jr., Jada, Trent. So it's, like, a yeah. proper, like, A-list squad. Like, you, you literally couldn't handpick them better. You could if you mm. get, like, a super rare rinders or someone i don't even know but like it, it's 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 top tier so my point is i can have like a top top tier under 23 pro team that could win it or i could go for like under 23 super rare it feels a bit risky but I, I honestly mate i'm just looking at your super rares right now like you have 30 super rare under 23s i think if you just let go of 10 of these guys that you aren't necessarily too confident in and bring in one or two top ones like the leals I think you'll be in a really good spot there. And then you'll have seven to eight really good super rares where you have some of them always going into under 23 rare pro. Right? Do, you know, do you know what breaks my heart though about that, Chani, right? See, if I go and look at these these super rares that I have, none of them I look at, I go, now's the time to sell. You know, I look at, I don't know. I look at like Versharan and I'm like, Versharan has a good game in him. With the right manager, he's probably going to get a dodgy transfer to France next summer, though, on his value will dip. But, like, 
I think he has a peak score in him. I think Arthur Theate has a bright future. I don't want to sell him. I think Kakare, when he gets stuck at Leon of a new manager now and all, don't I think he could be really pivotal there. I think he could come good. Nico Williams, I hope he re- goes back to the championship. He's been stuck. He's out of the Nottingham Forest team now. Pershers, you know, I think over time, the old centre-back whisperer over there might work on him. I don't know. I just feel like they're all really nice young talents but they're all in shit form so is it not just like the 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 absolute wrong i know you are letting go yeah i know like i've had that too like where i've let a lot of people go at the bottom that's why i've lost so much in terms of like (laughs) value of the gallery right but at some point you have to like you you know go go. for the safer options where you can rely on them like uh, as you just said as you walk through all those players what i was hearing constantly was like i hope i think you know, yeah, with yeah. with Sole, you know, right? Yeah, with him, yeah. you know. With with a goalkeeper like Donnarumma, even though he's rare, you know what what kind of scores you can get. With Fashadin, it's always a lottery. Like that guy, I had him too at the beginning of the season. I was big on Anderlecht, and they started off well, but he's he's like a ghost. He does not take part in their games as much as I thought he would. And everything is going o- going over the thirty eight year old Rafaelov. Like yeah. it's he's just not taking part as much. Like Kakere, his style of play just doesn't work. The team isn't necessarily great either. He loses a lot of points con- uh, to like them conceding goals and not doing too well and tactical fouls and all these things where he's like picking up yellows and all that stuff. Like you don't necessarily have too many players in here that I personally would look at and be like, I want to spend the money to get them. Like there are a couple of in, in here that I would say Leal. Zion Fleming right now with the AAA game specifically and how important he is for that squad now. Those two are really good. When I look at your midfielders, apart from Bravella, I don't like any of these guys. (laughs) Defenders, (laughs) Sole is your best choice for sure. Sole is amazing. And then goalkeeper, you obviously don't have anyone right now. But like, I personally think you have a lot of junk there that if you would get rid of, let's say, 30 to 40% of these guys, I don't think you would feel it. I don't think you're using these guys in any priority lineups. If I look at my super rares, right, on the top row, I'll go through the rows of four. One of four I would play. The second row, three of four I play. The Mm. fourth row, two of four I play. I play one of the next row. That's one of four. The next row, I play none of four. The next row, I play none of four. Vershan doesn't play. The next one, I play Leon and Shugawara. Shugawara is actually decent. Um, the next row, I play one. The next row, I play one. The next row, I play one. It's just like, I'd say 60 to 70% of my super rares don't actually get used. <laughs> yeah. That's, but what if, Chami? But what no, if? No, that's, that's not how it works. <laughs> the good thing is for you, like, a lot of these super rares that you have, you haven't, like, bought them at peak prices. You yeah. have a lot of these guys for cheap. So it's not like you're selling these guys for at a low. Yeah. Especially the ones that you are not really into and the ones that are actually fine on value if you let them go now. I'd let them go immediately if you can get at least what you've put in back you're fine. You're not necessarily losing anything, right? Yeah. So I think I think it makes sense. Like that Shugavara, for example, right now, yeah, sure, he's doing well, right? He's doing some good things at the moment. But there have been issues with him in and out of the starting lineup. Initially, he was a right back. Now he's playing like right wing. I don't know what the hell is going on there. But if Carlson is back, I don't see I don't see him playing in the attack. There's no chance. Yeah. 
If Pavlidis is back, he doesn't play. This might be a really good time to let someone like him go. Right? So yeah. you can you can get the money back for him. You bought him for like 0.35 ETH and the last sale was like one ETH. I think you can get a decent price for someone like him who's kind of hyped. So if you let go of, let's say, 30%, 40% of these guys, I'm pretty sure you can get three really good super rares that actually play each mm. week and get the best out of it. Because you do have some insane pieces. Like, I don't think there's a better defender than Sole. Um, no. I, I don't think there is in terms of under 23 right now. And His even, scores are insane. And whatever about scores, right? And I know the scores aren't in, insane, but I think like my my, my top tier player, the best gal player in my gallery is probably Leo's super rare. In mm -hmm. terms of like his standing Value one football stuff. at the minute, yeah, you yeah. know, um, but even him, he's out of under twenty three next season, so they ship him on for six eighth or something, and then. I mean, I his don't last know. sale was eight point nine five. It's it looks like I'm just seeing, but like, yeah, I think if that you was, can get out of these players, and rebuild and get super rares that have at least this and next year, you are in a position to, you know do well because not many people focus on under 23 super because they think it's just too competitive or you have to spend a lot of money to get in there which is true but you already have the funds laying in your account why not make use of it i know i just do you know what it is i'm that weird hoarder guy who hoards so much shit and then it gets to the point of trying to get rid of it. it's really tough and i don't want to do a pavel like so maybe yeah. i need to sit down for an hour later put some nice music on and just list a load of stuff um yeah but a couple more questions and we'll wrap up. Um, this is from Bradders. With how disjointed game weeks will be during the World Cup, what can SoRare do to push SO5 enjoyment, utility, and competition over the winter? I, I personally was initially quite hyped about the World Cup and SoRare, that combination. But the more we get closer to it, the more I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy the World Cup and just skip mm. in terms of SoRare. Like, I, if there was anything big to come, they should have announced it by now. Like, I, I don't see anything massive coming. I don't see them bringing out, like, incredible rewards um, where, like, only, I don't know, 500. And you'll have, like, what, 25, 30, 40 rewards. Mm -hmm. And those people with the biggest galleries right now have some of the best players on the platform already. There's no point in me trying to get involved if I don't have the players in my gallery already. So I personally am not too hyped about SoRare in combination with the World Cup yet until I see more information from them that kind of tells me, hey, you know what? We have something interesting coming up for the World Cup. And they lay it out and I look at it and I'm like, oh, this actually could be fun. Like this could be worth uh, jumping into. I think they're probably going to do some big stuff with like limiteds, but I'm not into limiteds. So that's what know. I was going to say. I think they'll make a really appealing and engaging common limited game for the masses. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what they'll use it almost like an onboarding hype They would have to do something with commons, for sure. Commons is yeah. the way to go for the World Com Cup. Commons and limiteds, I think, will have a lot going on. I think um, for the more premium galleries, I don't know what they do. You know, because a lot of us, the goalkeepers will be the big bottleneck. The premium goalkeepers yeah. uh, that'll be playing there. Um, uh, maybe they do a lot of like jersey giveaways and stuff like that maybe they've some sort of world cup licensing license or international teams cooking where they mm. would get like international signed memorabilia maybe they do something big where like there's a special like a super rare or rare special or whatever it happens to be where there's like an all expenses paid trip to the world cup final you know, if anyone mm. can secure a couple of tickets to a World Cup final, I think so rare are in pretty good position. Would Big yeah. Nick would Big Nick want to give those up for a competition? I don't know, but 
Um, you know, I don't think it's outrageous that a company like Super Rare could acquire and have a grand competition where people win tickets to to the final. I don't I don't think that's outrageous. Um, yeah, but it's all like it's whatever they do that could be like special. It's all kind of short term now. Like I'm not going to go out there and buy a bunch of Super Rares to win a World Cup final ticket. No, it's going to be people that already have them. Exactly, that are going to be competing, and that's my but biggest that's fine issue. Too. So, but that's fine too. Is that not just to incentivize or reward big galleries that are? No, no I'm fine with in? it. I'm fine with it. I'm just saying, like from my standpoint, it's not yeah. something I would get excited about, right? It's not going to get me to invest more into the product. Yeah. I'm just going to enjoy the World Cup because it's going to be fun anyways. Like, I'm going to be with my friends watching in the bar. It's going to be all right. But, like, for people that want that engagement off of Soul Rare, I think it's going to be too short term. They have to yeah. do something now and let people know, this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. And if they don't do it anytime soon, I, I just don't see people really getting engaged with it the way they want to, unless it's something that's common-based and you get like international commons into your club and you can like compete for things there. Not necessarily like winning rare items, but you can maybe win a bunch of limiteds. There are thousands of these limiteds out there. Like yeah. put some of that out there for people to win or have international cards as limiteds, you know, that people can only win using commons. Do you know Why what would be huge? Do you know what would be huge if they announced like England? In terms of like uh, cup generally cup all the players cards. coming in? just international yeah. like an international mm. lions i think they will cards. probably do some of that because they do already have the uh, argentina licensing right yeah argentina france French, and all Germany. these yeah so they probably have to come out with some of this mm. stuff anytime soon like we're not too far off i think england's the most exciting though imagine england definitely Harry yeah like, and sakas and whoever else yeah. is Foden. there are a bunch of incredible players out there yeah. that, even more trend know. cards on the market great <laughs> Um, uh, no, I mean, actually, well, actually maybe, yeah, you're maybe, right. Yeah, maybe Carl Walker is injured, but I don't know. Yeah. At least we'll get Reese James. <laughs> yeah, actually, he'd be a baller. Reese James, yeah, he'd be insane. Baller, insane, isn't he? You can check him out here. Reese, let me see. James, yep, L571, <laughs> L1565. Jesus wept, yeah, 123 until 2024. Now, he, all of a sudden, I'm hoping Trent doesn't make it in. Go on, yeah, James. Yeah. I'll trade you a Trent for a Reese James. I think that people would uh, people would, would probably tell you to fuck off, to be honest. Right, Chani, uh, recapping on a couple of 137 games that have been played in the last couple of weeks, I'll let you pick two players in your head for game week 314 while I read these out. So, Nanzo, a couple of weeks ago, I didn't recap it last week because I didn't have it prepped. Wendell and Jai Mario, he picked combined for 123 points. That cost me 36 quid. So the total was up to 344 euros that I'm going to have to donate to charity. I think I'll do that at the end of the year, whatever the pot mm -hmm. of mass is to. Uh, YNWA last week picked Allison and Salah, who had a howler against Liverpool and uh, had a howler against Arsenal and combined for 67 points. So I got off the hook last week. Chani, give me two players for game week 314. You can actually give me four, five, ten players if you want. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Saliba. Okay. Uh, I think he'll get like a 70 against Leeds or 75 possibly. Yeah, he did well there, yeah. And I'll go... Ooh, I'm just basing it off of the players I have personally. I'll go Saliba and Soleil. Let's say both get a 70, 140. It's not too far off, right? That's actually a good shout because if either of them gets a decisive, you're screwed. But yeah. if they don't, <laughs> they're probably going to get... 
yeah, the AA games get them around 30 there. 30 points of AA, and you're, yeah. you're not far off. So I like that. But Chani, is there anything else you wanted to talk about today that I didn't mention? Uh, yeah, your super rare situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving stressing you out, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's a shit show. It's a shit show. But, um, yeah. Chani, people can find you on Twitter and all Chani Sports, um, plugging out the yes. FIFA content at the minute, and Chani So Rare is your YouTube. So Rare Chani, yeah. So Rare Chani, all the way around. Yeah. Um, thanks a million for coming back. Thanks, brother. It was fun, as always. Everyone watching or listening, subscribe, um, leave a comment below. I want to know what do we want to ask them this week, Chani? Give us a question to ask them. Uh, anything long term or. Just ask them anything. Ask them a Who's question. Who's going to be the best under 23 player in the World Cup that isn't Mbappe? Okay, I like that one. Best yeah. under 23 player in the World Cup that isn't Mbappe. Give your answers below, like the video, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.